You're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Hey guys, it's Randy Gage. I've written 11 books on prosperity and success so far, uh, but this podcast, it's a way for me to connect with you on an audio platform. So I'm looking forward to sharing the prosperity journey together with you here. So how do dreams get paid for? Because we know how everything in the universe works. There's nothing for free. Every, every action has a reaction, every effect, a cause. Dreams don't just happen by magic. They don't just happen by positive thinking, although a lot of motivational speakers would like you to think that, right? Or the, you know, the people who watch The Secret every day for five years in a row and can't understand why their Lamborghini hasn't just driven itself up in the driveway, right? Dreams have a cost. They have a payment that we have to make. I'm, uh, I'm shocked because I have a birthday coming up. And this birthday has made me realize that I joined this profession 39 years ago. Which just blows my mind. I can't even fathom that. How did that sneak up? Now, I was out of it for maybe three or four years in the you know, it's spots in between there. So, but it means I've been doing the business active in the field for 35 years of paying the price of a dream. And 35 years later, I'm still paying the price for future dreams. And you say, well, when do you stop paying the price? And I think the answer is never, unless you stop having dreams. Because it's like challenges. When we, we get a challenge and, you know, it seems so insurmountable. It seems so difficult. It seems like such a hardship. And then we, we, we overcome that challenge. And it makes us stronger. It makes us better. We learn some new skill. We develop more character, more self-discipline, we gain more wisdom, more knowledge. And, and, and so what do we get as the gift for overcoming that obstacle? We get a bigger obstacle to overcome. <laughs> what, is the, you know, what is the reward when we conquer a challenge that the universe sends us is then it sends us a bigger challenge to conquer. And we evolve and grow and seek out. And when, we, when the real breakthrough is in life, when the real breakthrough is in, in our profession, when, when the real breakthrough is in just prosperity of any kind, it's when we start to seek out those greater 
obstacles. We start to seek out those bigger challenges. When the universe just comes at us with this and this and this and it knocks us down and we get up off the floor and we say, is that all you got? <laughs> Send me the next one. Right? I, I, I wrote a post on the, I have a, a, a group on Facebook, Direct Selling Daily. If you, uh, you ought to check that out. And so today I was writing about the mental process that I went through in the business with my first big challenge, which was, you know, when I, when I should have, could have, would have quit the business. And it was my first home meeting. And I had, I don't remember, it was like 17 people had committed to come or 19 people, but it was one or the other, 17 or 19. Remember, this is 39 years ago. My first meeting, and I've, I've made all these calls. And you know how many calls you have to make to get 17 people to say, yes, I'm going to come over to your house on Tuesday night at 7.30 and see whatever this mysterious thing is that you won't tell me what it is, <laughs> which is how we did the business in those days, right? So do you know how many calls you have to make? you know how many people ridicule you, tell you you're an idiot? are insulted that you would even call them and suggest you would invite them to come and see such a thing. So I, I go through all that, but I get this 17 or this 19 who say, yeah, let's, let's see what it's all about. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, count me in. Yeah, hold me a spot. And, you know, let's just cut to the punchline because you know where I'm going with this. Nobody. <laughs> Zero show up. Zero. Nobody of the whole group who, who promised me they were coming. Nobody comes. So if there's ever a perfect time to quit the business, that's the perfect time. I promise. <laughs> there is just you can look yourself in the mirror with confidence and say, Yes, you have the right to quit. Okay? This, this universe is so unfair, so mean, so nasty, so evil. You have every right in the world to quit, and nobody can fault you for that. And none of your friends, and your sponsor, and your sponsor's sponsor, and your sponsor's sponsor's sponsor, none of them could challenge your decision. You say, no, 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 I had 17 people told me they're coming. It's now 7.42 and 11 seconds. It was supposed to start at 7.30. Nobody's here. I'm done. And, and, and the only thing they could say is, okay, all right, I understand. I'm sorry, I hate to see you. But I didn't. That was one of those seminal moments that you have in life where you face something and there's the fork in the road and you have the choice. Do I go down this path? Or do I go down that path? And could have quit, would have quit, should have quit, but I didn't. <laughs> you know, I didn't. This is what I was writing about on the page today was 
the I came to the realization that I was the most ambitious person that I knew. And instead of using that as a validation to become a victim, I used it as validation to go after my dreams. And you're going to face that choice at some point in your Zenzino career. And not once. And not twice. Ten times. You're going to face that choice ten times. Because I believe we, we all have an assignment on this planet. Um, I don't believe it's just some random happenstance. I do believe that not everybody chooses to accept it, right? There are people that they've given up on their dreams. They've given up on seeking enlightenment. They've given up on seeking wisdom. They've given up on contributing to something bigger than themselves. They've either given up on or they never had the the desire, the dream to say, hey, I want, when I finally check out and go to that big opportunity meeting in the sky, that the, the world was just a little bit better because that so just, I tilted the universe just one one hundredth of a millimeter of an inch because I lived. I did something. And maybe it's the garden you planted. Maybe it's the child you raised. Maybe it's the nonprofit that you founded. Maybe it's the, the person that you sponsor this week into the business and give them permission to go after their dreams again that they gave up on two years ago, 20 years ago. And you brought them here and they came tonight and they heard Orion. And they said, wow. I do deserve that. Wow, I, there was a time I used to think that way. There was a time I used to dream that way. And I, I decided tonight, I'm going to go after it. And, they made it. and that might be the, the tilt that you made in the universe. And that person goes out and creates freedom and success for their family. And they're the role model for their kids. And they build a huge team, and they empower thousands of other people, and they end up changing thousands of lives, or tens of thousands of lives. Right? So there, there are many of us who, who dream of that kind of thing, to know that, hey, the, the world was just a little bit better because I did that, right? So we pay the price for that. I was talking to somebody last week, and they said, well, it's easy for you to pay that price, right? You're flying private, or you're flying to that private suite on Emirates or first class on Delta, and you're always staying in suites in these five-star hotels on these gorgeous resorts. That's true. I live wonderful. I live rich. I'm not going to argue with that. I do fly, you know, first class. But do you realize I flew a million miles in coach to get to the point 
where I can fly first class. <coughs> I know what it is to sit in row 26 in the middle seat across from the lab. I, I've been there. I did that for years. I know what it is to book at the Holiday Inn, which is 20 miles away from where the event is, where there's six of you in the room and two are sleeping on the floor and one is sleeping in the bathtub. And I know what it is to go to the supermarket and buy a loaf of bread and a pack of cheese and that's all you eat for the whole convention or the whole event is cheese sandwiches with mustard or mayonnaise because that's all the money you have. You, you spent every dollar you had to buy the ticket and, and get to the city where the event was. And, and there was no room left for lunches and dinners. I've been there. That's part, that's the, that's when I say, how does the dream get paid for? That's how the dream gets paid for. And yeah, the ways in which you pay for the dream, they get, you know, so yeah, now I can be flying first class in a, beautiful uh, cabin, right? And But you get there because of all the times you flew in economy. You get there because at one in the morning, you got your knuckles over the steering wheel and the windows open in the wintertime because you need the cold air to keep you awake because you know you got to get up at 6 a.m. the next morning and go to your day job and work all day in your day job and then finish that day job and then go home and shower and grab something to eat and then go do an event somewhere else where you're driving to support a line that is three hours away because you believe in your dream and you believe in their dream. And you're willing to pay that price because there's always a price. There's no dreams that come from free. Freedom is never, never free of any kind, right? Whether we're talking about the freedom of a country, the freedom of a family, the freedom of a person, it's never free. There's always a price that has to be paid. So if your dream is freedom, having the financial wherewithal to make choices, to live in the kind of home that you want to live in, to drive the kind of cars that you like to drive, to have to send your kids to the kind of school and college that you want them to go for, to be able to support the charities that are near and dear to your heart and do it in a meaningful way, to be able to control your destiny. Those kind of dreams, they have a price. At this point in my life, I'm psychologically unemployable. <laughs> right? There's nobody, there's no job that I could take. Because if I worked for a boss at this point in my life, one of us is going to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> But let's just be real here, okay? I didn't fly 5,000 miles here to puff up and just tell you things. I mean, let's talk truth. Okay? If I'm working for somebody, at some point, one of us is going to be dead, okay? And it's pretty good odds it's going to be the boss. <laughs> now, how did I get to that point? I got to that point working for people. <laughs> 
doing the day job and the night job and paying the price to say, I will do this. And I've worked two jobs, three jobs. I have worked day labor. I have worked, I can't even begin. A lot of you know, I started as a dishwasher in a pancake house, right? And I have worked construction and I have been a bus boy and I have, I worked day labor where you just, you go to the agency every day and hope that some odd job comes in and they send you out on that job. They sent me out one day on a job to a warehouse. And what happened in this warehouse, it was an office supply store chain. And they had a pallet of uh, reams of paper, like you use in a copy machine or whatever. They had reams of them on a pallet. And somebody had backed a forklift into the pallet and knocked over like 3,000 packs of paper that all broke open and were spread all over the warehouse floor. And my job was to crawl around and pick up all that paper and put it in big garbage bags and, you know, so they could throw it out. Do you know how long it takes to pick up a pallet load of paper on a warehouse floor? I mean, it's... It's, that was probably the worst labor that I ever did. And I cleaned toilets and I have shoveled snow and raked leaves and mowed lawns and uh, worked construction and dug ditches. But nothing was worse than, pick, you know, crawling around picking up this paper on the... I think you do that because you have to do that. If you're willing to say... Because you always get the choice at the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate level. We're always going to come down to the choice, do I want to be a victim or do I want to be a victim? And you have to choose mindfully because you can't be both. You cannot be both. Because if I say, listen, I gave this my best shot. I went there, I called 60 people and 17 people promised me they're going to come. My sponsor came and he brought the whiteboard and the markers. And I set out the, I had the take home packs already. And we had the refreshments ready. And I changed everything, cleaned the house and arranged everything for the pets. And I was there and nobody showed up. It's not my fault. Those 17 people, they all lied to me. Right? If, if, you, if I want to be a victim, I have all the criteria to qualify me to be a victim, right? I can print my resume right there. Professional victim. Here's the work experience, right? And I can take that anywhere in the world and say, I am a qualified professional victim. Okay? I've been shot in a robbery. Left for dead. I was in jail at 15 years old for our robbery, right? I, I had a single mother, raised three kids by herself, you know, literally knocking on doors, selling Avon back in the day. We didn't have money. My mother shared a room with my sister. I shared a room with my brother. The four of us shared one tiny little bathroom in a tiny little apartment. I have all the victim criteria. I could print the best victim resume that anybody can. So if you come and, you know, we want to sit together and have a beer and start commiserate. Oh, you think that's bad? Did I tell you about that time? The power company, they cut off my lights and I had 
ice cream and meat in the freezer and the food all spoiled and then I had to run extension cord to the neighbor's house and then the landlord found out about it and, you know and, and then if he has a better tragedy than I do doesn't that piss you off you're like oh man I'm going home, I'm going to manifest a tumor, or I'm going to have a meteorite land on my car. I mean, I, you, you can't have anybody out-victim you, because, you know, when you're a professional victim, you want to be the, the best professional victim. <laughs> of my life being that professional victim and then when you make that choice and you just say I'm not willing to be a victim anymore that's when everything changes and that's when you have that secret meeting and you say you know I'm the most ambitious person that I know Use that for fuel for success instead of fodder for victimhood. Because I really was the most ambitious person I know. Because at that point, I was, at all I had known was working restaurants, you know, busboy, cook, dishwasher, working my way up, manager, trainee, assistant manager. And who were all my friends? They were all waiters and waitresses and cooks and bartenders and we all smoked and we all drank and we all partied every night and that's where we were at right and then i saw this business this idea of leverage and i understood this is the most powerful concept i've ever discovered in my life because i had never even known that leverage existed. I spent my whole life trading hours for currency. Because that's what you do when you're raised in the kind of environment I was. That's what my mother did. That's what her mother, her father did, what their parents did. I mean, you could trace my family back for a hundred generations. Nobody had ever had leverage. Nobody had ever gone to college. We all traded hours for currency. And then some guy drew out circles on a notepad and the one got five and the five got 25 and the 25 got 125 and the 125 was 675 and I was like hotel motel holiday inn I like, yo I have never seen anything like this right was like, wow, I, and, and the fact is, I got it. I, you know, when I hear people talk about this business, they say, what about the skeptics and the people don't understand? I don't even know how to relate to that. Because when I saw those circles, I was mesmerized. Because I had never seen anything like that. And I, and when you worked as a dishwasher in a pancake house, where you just, they keep slamming those trays of dishes through the little window and you're sitting there and you're scraping off the 
pancakes and the waffles with all the syrup and racking them in and you're just covered with grease, right? You, your clothes, your skin, your hair, everything is just <coughs> grease and the coffee cups filled with cigarette butts and you're dumping them out, you're putting them on and fill the rack and put it in the machine which has that 200 degree Fahrenheit steam so every time you open the door all that comes out and you're sweating like that and then you're racking up the next one. And, you spend your, you know, that's how you spend eight hours a day. And that's all you know is that kind of trading hours for currency. And then you discover leverage. How could you not get that? So I think a lot of people we talk to about our business, they get it when we draw those circles. And now, of course, we're showing them on PowerPoint or online or videos or whatever, but we're still, what, what hasn't changed from 39 years ago till this exact moment right now is that the real product we sell is leverage. Because leverage is the way that an average person like me can become a multimillionaire. There's no other way I would have made it, right? Uh, who I was, where I came from, what I knew. There was no other way I was going to become wealthy if I didn't get introduced to leverage. There are so many other people like me around the world. And so, you know, when I started, I just wanted to make money, make money, make money. That was the only driver because I had been poor my whole life. And so I thought it was about making money. I thought it was about getting the bonus cars. I thought it was about getting the rank and being on stage and getting recognition and having people want to sign their book and take pictures with you. And I think it starts that way. But when you really buy into what we're doing here, you, you start to see the bigger picture and you start to understand that uh, Jans mentioned my book, Make It the First Circle Work, right? What the whole concept of that book is, that first circle at the top of the slide, the one that says you in it, because that's the only one that you control, right? And if you make the first circle work, you make all the circles work. And then when you realize when you make all the circles work, you're transforming lives. You're making a difference for people. So I can tell you the time I got my first Viper, my second one, my third one, my fourth one, my fifth one, my sixth one, my seventh one, my eighth one, my ninth one, because I had nine of them. I can tell you about my getting my Bentley Continental GT and my Acura NRX and my Corvette and my Aston Martin, and I don't even know how. I, I've had more sports cars than because I like cars, obviously. So <laughs> right? So I thought that's what it was about. But all those cars, and I've had millions of dollars worth of exotic, gorgeous, delicious sports cars. But I'm never as excited about those as when I get someone in my team that gets their first bonus car. Their $550 a month Toyota or their $700 euro a month uh, 
you know, Chevrolet or whatever it is, knowing that that's their first new car they've ever had. It's the first free car they ever had. And it makes such a difference for them, for their family, for their self-esteem, for their, their belief that they have in themselves. And you realize, wow, that's what it's really about. And I remember the first time I made $10,000 a month, $50,000 a month, $100,000 a month. I remember $127,000 a month because I was going for $125, and I hit $127 and change. Right? And to come from where I come from, to reach a, a level of income like that, I mean, it's mind-blowing. But it was nothing compared to the lady in Colorado that I sponsored who was living in her friend's basement on government assistance with her two kids. And I taught her how to make $20,000 a month. And who she became during that process and the example she set for her kids to go from a mother on government assistance in poverty in a friend's basement to creating true freedom and a true future for those kids. And, you know, we get the pins and we get on stage and we get the recognition and, you know, that's, that's cool. I, I have fun with that. But it's nothing like when you're standing in the back and you got someone on your team who breaks that big rank for the first time and you're just back there just beaming over with joy and pride and knowing that their whole world has changed because of that. Their self-esteem, their confidence, their belief, their, just, their freedom, their everything. So that's why we pay the price of those dreams. We start with those dreams for ourselves. I think that's what most of us, we have to go through. And then it, we graduate. We move to that point from success to significance. That point where we say, no, I really do want the, the world to be a little bit better place because I was here. And then it becomes about the dreams of your team. And if you say, well, so why is Jan Zumbe still doing this after all these years? Why is Hilda and Orion doing this after all those years? It isn't because they need the money, because they need the rank, because they need the pin. They don't need any of that stuff. They're doing that for your dreams. Because they believe in you. They believe in you and your dreams. They're at a point in their career now where they say, hey, if I can, if I can pay a price to help the dreams of my team in some way, whether that means getting on a plane and flying to Finland or driving four hours for somebody's first get together or being up there, being up at one at night, just doing a counseling call with someone who really needs the support at that point in their career, that's what it's all about. And I, I just want you to think about the cost of your, your dream and how does it get paid for? 
And then are you going to be willing to pay that price? Because like I said, it's going to happen one time. It's going to happen five. It's going to happen ten times, at least ten times in your career. Where you're going to say, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to keep paying this price. I don't know if I want to, I want to keep going on. Because it's tough. My sponsor just dropped out. My sponsor, the one who brought me in and they just quit. How can I go on? Your key leader, who you're sure is your next ambassador, and they quit and join some other company. That meeting that you set up and nobody shows up. That time it's the closing night and you have somebody and their credit card was declined and their order didn't go through and they didn't know and so they didn't have the volume and so that didn't qualify the lady on her left side and that lady didn't reach that rank which meant you didn't get that rank so you missed this pin or that <laughs> bonus or this trip or what. It happens. Stuff happens. But the long game, because that's what I can talk to you about, having been doing this for 35 years, is the long game. Is the long game, five years from now, 10 years from now, you will be so glad that you didn't give up. You'll be so glad for those flights you took in economy, those 1 a.m. knuckles on the steering wheel driving back when you got to get to your day job the next day, the time when the sponsor quit or the key leader quit or the new company opened up and stole half your team with some sweetheart deal they offered them or whatever. You will just be so grateful if you stay through that. And you have to give it the same criteria because Here's this crazy, crazy thing. Like, uh, uh, Morton picked me up at the airport in his gorgeous Tesla. And we were going in that tunnel underneath Oslo, and he put on that assisted driving thing. And there's this big cement wall on the left side, and there's a huge semi-truck on the right side. And we're in the middle, and that assisted driving thing is going on. It's just taking us through all the curves of the tunnel. It's just amazing, that technology, right? And, but meanwhile, somebody got killed with a, a, a Tesla last week in the States that was on assisted driving. And so what if people say, oh, my God, people die with assisted driving. They got it. Same thing. There was an autonomous car. And, you know, lady walks out in the middle of the street, no crosswalk, anything. She walks out in front of the car, and she gets killed. And so people will say, oh, my God, see, autonomous car. Meanwhile... 5,000 people a day, or some crazy number, die of with humans driving, right? And nobody says anything about 5,000. <laughs> but one with, the, oh, you see, autonomous car, oh my God, they're death traps. They're going to kill us all, right? What's the logic? How could you apply the logic of one to Tesla, but you don't apply the logic of five million to all the other manufacturers right and what happens in our business they join Sensino, and six weeks later they're not a billionaire so they quit 
They said, well, I joined this because I had a dream. I wanted to be free. I wanted to be wealthy. And it didn't happen. I've been doing six weeks I've been doing this. <laughs> and they go back to just that day job they have that they have been doing for 10 years that will never get them free, never get them wealthy. And they're going to work that same job for another 40 years. And it will never get them free. It will never get them wealthy. But with Zinzino, six weeks didn't work. <laughs> so as you think about that, I need you to take the criteria, the evaluation criteria, and let's make sure we, we dispense it equally with all the options. Because how many options do you really have where you start part-time with whatever it is you're doing now at a very low investment? You choose the people you work with. You've picked the hours you work. you got great tax benefits, great financial incentives travel opportunities, and unlimited income potential. And you become successful by helping other people reach success. How many other options do you have that offer that? Does working at the bank offer that? Does working at the restaurant offer that? Does working at the retail store offer that? Does owning the beauty salon offer that? Does working at the factory offer that? Does being an attorney, a doctor, a nurse, do any of those offer that? None of those offer that. So let's keep the criteria legit. So we go back to the question we began with. How does a dream get paid for? Which leads us to the most important question. Are you willing to pay that price? Peace. Thanks for listening. For more great prosperity teaching, check out my blog on randygage.com. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Insta, YouTube, and just about everywhere else. I'll see you on the journey.